one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm your host, Jess, and Jared's here with me. Hello. Hello. Um, It's been a long time since we recorded. <laughs> yeah, it's been like not quite a month, but almost. Yeah. Been like what, three, three weeks, four weeks? Yay, we're back. <laughs> and chugging along season four. Um. God, this episode has a real some really cool ghostwriter scenes. He just looks so good. I like can't get over it every time. Every freaking time he comes out, I'm like, oh, I love. This. No, he so he does. He looks really great. And this this episode and then the next episode both like showcase him in cool like. Uh, I feel like I don't know, just outside of the car and outside of like fighting a dude in a garage or outside and on in an LA street, like mm-hmm. in different settings, and you know, and I think it's kind of cool. To yeah. get to see, see him in action in different arenas and get to see them kind of stretching their uh, special effects that they that they have definitely mastered. <laughs> but like like yeah. this this effect they know how to do and they're sh- I don't know they're not like showing off in a really showy way or whatever, but they're making use of it really well. Yeah. Um. Before we get started, we're a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter and But Why Though PC at But Why Though PC. Someone honking. <laughs> I I think I did okay. hear one. Oh no. man, yeah. <laughs> Last night, something I, 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 I'm afraid something uh, sad must have happened at the convalescent home nearby oh, my no. apartments because there were fire trucks out like for a really long oh, time. No. Their lights illuminating my entire window like quite late. Which is, oh, no. Just like for a second, I didn't notice. But then I heard like the sounds and and opened my blinds. And sadly, uh, sadly, I live close to a fire station and a convalescent <laughs> home. So I, I feel like and, and just a very busy high traffic high crime street so I, yeah. I feel like i get all sorts of sad and loud street stuff <laughs> yeah. we live pretty close to like one of the big um emergency departments and labor and delivery departments in the area so i always hear tons of sirens even though we don't live like that close to the main street it just like i don't know especially at night if it's foggy or something it's just like so so loud all night <laughs> And also, this is really off topic. We're getting off to a great start already. Um, there's somebody in my neighborhood. Like we live like in a back house, and so we're like close to the alley, so I can like hear people like in their backyards and stuff like that on the other side of the alley. And there's some dude who his phone rings all the freaking time, day or night, like middle of the night, like middle of the day, like you name it, it's ringing and it's like loud and it's the same fucking ringtone, and I hate it. And it occurred, it occurred to me that I bet he's a drug dealer. <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Like, no, that, that makes perfect sense. Like, I can't think of anyone else who would be home all the time and have their phone ringing all the time. Like, yeah. Like, can't miss those calls. Got to make the deals. And also, like, can't text. That's like creates incriminating evidence, I guess. But yeah, I was just like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm assuming that's the case. But yeah, great, great neighborhood talk. Um, I don't even know if I finished. Uh, but why though PC? Oh, their website, but why though podcast.com. Check them out. Um, we are going to have Kate Sanchez on at some point, who is one of the hosts of the But Why Though podcast and our editor in chief of the website, um, to talk about Robbie Reyes because she loves him. And yes. um, she is Mexican American and she has a lot to say. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so this is season four, <clears throat> excuse me, episode five, titled Lockup, written by, uh, it's an all-girl, like, production here. I don't know about everybody else, but at least the writers <laughs> and the directors. Uh, Nora and Lilla Zuckerman. I don't know if that's Lila or Lilla. Um, and directed by Kate Woods. Originally aired October 25th, 2016. So that's exciting. Um, and if you don't remember, because I had to do a little refresher because it's been a while since we've we've watched personally, uh, the Darkhold was mentioned by the ghost. So we've we we know that the Darkhold is in the Shield archives as well. Um, it's a very dangerous book. Uh, and we find out or, and we also know that Ghost Rider is the only one that can kill these ghosts. Um, no one else can touch them. And then also uh, Dr. Joseph Bauer, who is the husband of Lucy Bauer, just woke up from a coma. Um, because Lucy woke him up. So, um, okay. So we open up and the, the title of the time period is then we don't get an actual date or time, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. They've just like given up then now, whatever. Um, I guess that makes it uh timeless. It doesn't, right? it, can't, it can't date itself. If we don't tell the viewers when this well, it's kind of applicable for what happens like in season five and six. So it's, you know, then and now, like what timeline are we in? We don't know. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry it, about it won't make it specific um so lucy and joe are like breaking into this old basement and snooping around it's very old there's like cobwebs everywhere it's very dusty and they're chatting away and lucy's like you know maybe we should just like do the actual science instead of taking shortcuts and then she sees sees this like weird like it's like particles that are rising up from the floor and she's like oh there's something here um and of course, there's a trap door and the dark hold is buried there. So they take it out. They open it up and uh, it's blank. And then all of a sudden words and figures start appearing on the pages. And Lucy's like, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? And her husband, Joe, is like, oh, I didn't think it would be in German. She's like, what? I'm seeing English. And then she looks at him and she's like, your first language is German. Like, maybe it's reading us, which is really fucking creepy. Put that book away. But they're totally uh entranced by this book it has put a spell on them yeah i feel like as scientists i'd be like well we have to burn this with fire <laughs> right like, like literally in science you'd get rid of bad data points in a book that's reading that's yeah. reading you it's like i i get yes i do get like desire to study it but i just feel every time especially in something like this that's got kind of a horror tinge to it i definitely have like the the viewer tendency to be like why are they doing this can't they see that this is a textbook horror movie situation <laughs> like it's like well it's practically a book of the dead you know i know like, um to be fair i have worked in a lab before <laughs> and there's a lot of tedious stuff that you have to do especially when you're designing an experiment i've had to design experiments and um i totally understand why they'd be like i don't want to fucking do this let's just like skip that whole beginning part and figure out like what we can do to actually prove that this works <laughs> so um i get it but also if you're if i saw this in real life i'd be like no no i'm not reading that that's fucking creepy um, yeah no that would give me too many heebie-jeebies to yeah. continue it's well, like I any like of a if, if, if what do you call it? if i if i ran into a zoltar uh, uh uh, what do you call it? Psychic machine, like from fortune teller from uh, mm -hmm. big, I I'd run away. You know, mm -hmm. if, if it was like engaging in conversation with right? me, like, I, I, 
Well, no, best case scenario, there's some sort of psychopath operating this thing who's going to yeah. murder me. <laughs> well, what's, what's really fascinating about this season, I think, because we always, you know, we've talked in the past about how it combines like supernatural stuff and magic and science. Like, I mean, it's like junk yeah. science, but still. But the fact that the physicists are looking for this magical like entity that's going to help solve science problems for them is very interesting. Just like the way that it's all like, I don't know. It's it was well done, well done. No, they they, they do. <laughs> they they frame it in a way where it's very believable. Like like it feels like it evolved naturally for these characters. Like it's something. It, yeah. it, it isn't. It isn't even close to the biggest plot convenience in Shield or in anything we you know we engage with. Uh, uh, I think in pop culture, like it makes a lot more sense than the basic conceit of the Fast and the Furious movies where. <laughs> Where street thieves are now the world's greatest super spies for no right. reason. <laughs> <laughs> this, they, uh, they arrived at this reasonably, and, and such they, a great Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. It's like, oh man, no, Vin Diesel's character went to prison for killing a guy with a wrench. Of course, he can beat everyone in hand-to-hand combat. Right, he was a street racer. <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, why is he the world's greatest ninja now? <laughs> like, like, I know. Like, like, well, why can he fight the world's greatest ninjas and he's fine? Yeah. Like, 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 Billy can like, hold himself in a fight. Like, he's been in plenty of fights. He used to be a bouncer for a club slash bar and it was full of shitty people. But I could not, he would not just all of a sudden know how to do martial arts. <laughs> right. You know? it, <laughs> like, it's like the, it's the Batman issue. Could he take one, two, three, even three guys as a bouncer? Like, if they're not big guys and they're not good fighters, sure. But if they're five trained ninjas, he's yeah. probably going to at least work up a sweat. Like, not like, break not like literally punching through concrete like the rock does yeah. in these movies like and again like they cast the right guy to be uh, yeah they, they got better at making it believable like you start off with vin diesel pretty impressive then you get a guy with tyrese it's like oh that guy oh, is, yeah. is like cut and you get then you get like a guy who looks like he, there's a reason they cast him to play hercules and maui like he's a demigod yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, he looks like he could bench press a planet <laughs> like you're like believable so yeah. I'm like but no they do a really good job of in a short period of episodes, I feel like, and, and, and like not even, and this is the first one that really gives them any big focus. Like yeah. they're, they're present in all the other ones. There's so many storylines, especially at the beginning of the season, like yeah. in, the, in the very couple, first couple episodes before they kind of made this, the ghostwriter section and put all the mm-hmm. other stuff kind of in the background or, or spl- building towards what the next third is going to be. Yeah. There are, there are the three sections, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a a lot of shit's going on but they do like this is what the the fifth episode and like you said like they do the, the congratulations to the writers because they made it made, made me believe that a bunch of rational physicists who don't <laughs> believe in the supernatural are like well we did find this fucking magic book and we gotta see what like, we gotta see what we can do with this like, yeah. like they they made it they made it feel very believable and uh, yeah I, I, she'll it's just, just- it's just ironic that the people that are, you know, tr- you know, scientists are trained to be skeptical and question, like f- looking at things from other angles. Like the scientific community is very big on like checking people's work. Yeah, and, peer like, review. review right? it. Yeah, peer review. And, you know, if something changes because new information came out, then that's fine. New precedent is set. And so it's ironic that the people that are like the most should be the most skeptical in this show are like, oh, this magic book. This is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> although I and I think that. For me, maybe the processing part, in addition to suspension disbelief, because it's a fun story and stuff, part of what makes it extra easy to believe is knowing in their world, 
you know, there've been shit like Asgardians and, yeah, and, that's true. and Hulk and Captain America is like public knowledge or whatever. It's like, yeah, it, 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 their world is fantastic. And like mm -hmm. magic is fucking real. Even if yeah. people are, are skeptical and slow to believe it. Yeah. And, and Dr. Strange isn't common knowledge yet. There's like, a dude that whose face catches on fire and burns his face off and right. has a skull face and <laughs> a burning skull face. Like. That's, I can't remember which episode <laughs> that I've watched recently, if it was this one or not, but Coulson even has a line where someone skeptical about Robbie being the devil or having anything to do with the devil still. And Coulson's like, yeah, but the, you know, the, the flaming skull fire is pretty compelling. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like, but that thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, and it's totally true. Like it, it's a very compelling argument. Most in humans don't even look that crazy. I know. <laughs> like, oh, I had something else I was going to say, and I totally forgot. Oh, dang it. Um, maybe it'll come to me later. All right. So um, we go back to now versus then. <laughs> and uh, Dr. <laughs> um, Dr. Bauer, who just came out of the uh, coma, is with Mac and Coulson and they're asking him questions. They're like, are you with me? And his vitals are going crazy because he's been touched by his wife and he's now seeing everyone through the demon filter. So Mac looks like a demon. Coulson looks like a demon. And he's like, ah, go away. You're all demons. Um, well, and did it seem like he kind of came to in that scene? Uh, at the beginning, I can't remember. I, I, I felt Maybe? a little bit like like the very opening. He like opened yeah, his eyes and, like, and it, th that made me wonder if I know that they did do the now and then, but it made me wonder if it wasn't supposed to be like him remembering that oh. a little bit, like and then opening his eyes, like coming to and seeing everyone as the decaying ghost. It's like not he's not in a good space either way. But even if it's just the second part that we know for sure. But I, I, that's the sort of the vibe I got. And I was one, that was one note I took while watching. I was like, I wonder if, if he, if he saw that too, not just us viewers. That's yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's, that's fascinating. Yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe that was the case or at least the intention. Um, I'm going to have to rewatch that. Cause I don't, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to like how he, came back out of well, I, I, I couldn't from the remember scene. I didn't rewind it because I was trying to get through the episode but I, I yeah, remember same. we had some problems this morning <laughs> with Netflix <laughs> I, I, I remember thinking like uh, like I couldn't tell if he was just in the middle of like screaming <laughs> like yeah. when it started or if he just or if he just come to because yeah. it did seem like like he'd previously been in a coma right like mm -hmm. so I thought maybe this was not, not I know not when he just woke up but sometimes too when they come back from something cliffhanger or revisit something they do have the person repeat the same line from a different angle in a slightly yeah, different yeah, way yeah. or whatever so i, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be him kind of coming to yeah uh, it sounds like though because in this conversation that they have so mac and colson are asking him where the book is and he's like it's too late it's too late um so clearly like he already had that conversation with lucy like how much right. farther in advance that was. It was almost I mean, like, maybe he like passed like out people. afterwards and was like, oh, I yeah. can't handle this. <laughs> so yeah, you could be right. Um, but anyway, he says he buried it back where he found it, but it's too late because Lucy, ghost Lucy, is already there grabbing the book. And then he dies, of course. Um, and Lucy's looking at this book and it doesn't show anything to her and she's getting really mad and she she gets to the point where she's not even incorporeal enough to like turn the pages and so she can't read this book by herself huh i wonder who she's gonna enlist to do this for her um <laughs> so on the zephyr 
um, Coulson's kind of going over what the dark hold is to everybody, and he doesn't want to tell the director yet because he doesn't trust him. And he's like, "Look, like this is a very powerful book. Even Nick Fury was afraid of it, so I don't want to take chances." Um, so what they're going to do is go back to talk to Eli Morrow, and they're and um, uh, they're going to take him into protective custody under like the Shield umbrella, saying that he's part of an ongoing investigation or whatever, and. Um, Robbie's like, okay, let's go. And then they're like, no, you're not doing anything. You have to sit here. And he's like, what the fuck? Well, I can just leave. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. But, you know, we're the only people that can help you right now. So do what you want to do. Stay mad, whatever. So he stays mad. And then Daisy is on the Quinjet, you know, pouting, whatever she's doing. And Robbie is like, we have to go. Like, I can't stay here. Like, I need to go do something. And he's like, look, I've never been caught. Like, you guys are the – you're the first one that's caught me. Like, and she's like, yeah, but you're a fucking murderer and you need to just trust S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's like, oh, because you trust them so much. And she's like, well, my situation's different. She says, I keep my distance because it's what's best for everyone. And Robbie says, yeah, I'm catching on to that (laughs) or something like that. And it's just like – We go to the lab at the playground mysterious playground um and uh simmons and fitz have come up with an antidote for the ghost virus and simmons is very clearly mad at fitz uh and she's he's like trying to talk to her and she just keeps she's not saying anything and then he starts talking about what does he start talking about it's not ada he starts talking about yeah it is ada i think and she's like okay stop talking um I have my lie detection test today. Like, I don't, I already know enough. Like, I don't need to know anything else. And um, in this conversation, Fitz calls Ada she and Simmons corrects him. She's like, no, it, not she. So uh, here we go again with Fitz humanizing Ada. Um, And Fitz is trying to understand why she's actually mad. He's like, so it is the lie detector test. Not realizing that it can be more than one thing. Like, yeah, she's mad about that. But she's also mad because he, like she even says, like, we share a bed together, but you laid there and you had stuff that you were keeping from me like how well, and know? and he's like but you, we just were talking about like it's because yeah. of this lie detector yeah like, he just like, like when she does get it <laughs> well and, and and like i i get where he's coming from that like earlier like she told him you know to keep stuff from but, but, but like like but like you said like it could be more than one thing and it doesn't it's emotional it doesn't have to be yeah. rational but, but like, yeah. like she's not saying you're evil and i'm never gonna forgive you she's saying this is something that was fucked up yeah. And it was, but even, even if she, even if it's like, even if he can say it's because you told me to do this and I was, I was doing something that I thought you wanted me to do, like that doesn't make it right. It doesn't yeah. make it a good thing. It doesn't, it, it, even if it's defensible, it's not justifiable. I don't think in the long run. And, and like, yeah. well, and it doesn't invalidate it. how she feels either. Absolutely. And I think she's yeah. trying to fix their relationship yeah, and he eventually just in the long, in the long term. <laughs> right now she's too angry to really get through to him. Well, and she's not being irrational. She has other things on her mind too. She's like, you know, get through this one thing, and then we can deal with this after. You know, I think she has really good reasons for not being able to express herself and get through to him, and he has not bad reasons, but just more very, very I think human and relatable reasons for not getting it. But just in the scope of everything that's going on, kind of fucking mundane. (laughs) It's like it's like, hey, you're so so think for a second that maybe she's still mad, even though she's not saying what you did was wrong and a violation or whatever. It's like, it just, it just still, it still hurt and it's still not good. (laughs) It just reminds me of like, sometimes me and Billy will get in arguments and he just completely misses the point of why I'm mad. He'll like focus on like 
you know, I'll be explaining something to him and he'll focus on like one part. And I'm like, no, I gave you like a whole list of reasons why I'm upset. And he's like, oh, but it's just this one thing. So it was relatable because I was like, I've been there. I've been Gemma where I'm like, oh, my God, you're so fucking dumb. I'm not even going to bother explaining it to you. I'm just over it now. <laughs> like, Forget it. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's that's a very relatable thing, too. And and on top of that, they have their, you know crazy shit they have to deal with right now <laughs> and and the lie detectors that are at the heart of all this like like she has so many things going on and yeah. he has one but now <laughs> she knows about it and yeah. he has and he has i guess two because he has the, the 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 urgent shit going on at shield that she has but even though and even though he is invested in it, he always works hard on it whatever because he doesn't have his uh, his ass on the line the same way with the yeah. lie detector it's just not as immediately stressful it's not yeah. like he doesn't have an, an axe hanging over him constantly yeah no that that's completely valid as well so it's like he's just like at he has no skin at, in the game <laughs> like he's at regular level shield stress I yeah. but she's like fucking insane levels like she's the only person who, who i think could relate to her as far as the, the work stress level right now is probably Colson because he's having to let yeah. go of everything and try and figure out who he even fucking is anymore if he's I not know. shield. But even that's like it, it's less because of external stuff and more just because of what's going on in, in him. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I I feel for I feel for Fitz in a, almost like in a comical like I just it just accentuates his immaturity. And oh whatnot. yeah, for and sure. it changes. <laughs> For the worst this season, like he matures yeah. into a monster because shit yeah. goes wrong. But she, uh, but she's very relatable and like, like you said, like a very <laughs> frustrating and. Well, and, and it's it it's um I really like this scene too because it shows that they're just having this mundane disagreement and like Fitz clearly just not understanding her feelings, but her like you know, having like, it's a very real life thing where it's like, okay, I have other shit going on today. Like I can't really, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to like engage in a discussion with you about this. Like let's put it off. And Fitz is just like, okay, so we're good. We've, you know, we figured it out. And it's like, no, we didn't. Well, <laughs> like I, it was just very real mundane relationship shit with all this other like crazy shield shit going on around them, obviously. But th at the heart of it, it was just a very like normal couples like d discussion like disagreement i think so and, and i think like it's <laughs> and i think like, it's important uh to me like that even though he's not he's not actually absorbing and he's he's not doing a good job like neither of them are the stereotypical like when couples have problems in whether it's a comedy or a drama on tv a lot of times i it's just totally not not contrived because it's stuff that does happen but just someone is painted as a bad guy like, yeah. Oh, somebody cheated. Somebody's an asshole. Somebody did something totally inexplicable and wrong and lied or whatever. Was yeah. Fired and didn't tell their partner. Like it's nothing like that. Like like you said, it's very mundane and real. So Fitz is being a bit of a dunderhead, but he's, <laughs> but but the whole thing is happening because he is trying to communicate and trying to yeah. solve something. But it's also maybe he's not listening and trying to. And instead, he's trying to solve something. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's a difference between like <laughs> listening and being like kind of a shoulder to cry on versus like oh let's solve this problem. It's like well the problem can't be solved because you already told me about Ada and now I have to take this lie detector test. And it's a stereotypical. So, let me just be mad. <laughs> yes, I think it's like a stereotypical male thing, but it has. Oh yeah, to, you know that there is like the oh I can solve that problem. It's like that's not the point at all. It's like cool, but what's the problem for me to solve? Yeah. <laughs> it's like 
Yeah. And it's also I, like the problem doesn't take like solving the problem won't take away the emotional like significance, you know, necessarily. Even if even if, even if there is a problem solved, yeah. right. It doesn't that doesn't mitigate any of the actual <laughs> consequences. No, it's a It was just funny. It was a funny scene. I was it like, is. It's I, a good I like one. this. It was really I, good. We've talked a lot, I think, about how their relationship is just really well done and kind of like a weird at this point, like driving force for the show. Yeah. And and they do they don't they, they, none of it's unearned and none of it's like contrived like i don't know some of my favorite shows that got bad as time went on <laughs> even when they started like i'm thinking of that, that 70s show specifically like sh- like a show centered around like a, a romantic relationship mm-hmm. like it was unearned from the beginning like yeah. you're not supposed to end up with your 16 year old you know, high school sweetheart for the most part. Like, yeah. like, like some people have, have that work out. That's great. But most humans aren't ready <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to do that yet. Yeah. And it's a very romanticized thing. And like, I feel like that's the kind of, uh, of love where people are, where it's inexplicable. And yeah, that t- happens all the time in real life, but like not really sustainable and they're awful to each other. That's the kind of shit that's, that's usually the centerpiece of the conflict driven show. And, the, and this, I like that, they have awful shit that they go through because it's a soap opera. But yeah. Know, but they, they're, they're people who are always, I think, committed to each other and love each other. Yeah. And like a lot of what, where Fitz goes wrong is uh, like a supervillain esque, you know, path from that. <laughs> like, 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 it's yeah. like that's his motivation in a weird way. But like, I don't know. It's it's a st- very good strength of the show, and I'm and I'm just thinking about it like right now while we're talking about it. If maybe part of that is from uh, Mo and Jed's relationship because it is a, oh, a show yeah. that's created by a, a couple. couple. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe that's why this is actually good and why May and Coulson are well done. Yeah, yeah. And maybe and maybe because of Daisy's relative youth, she represents when they were both bad at that. <laughs> Thinking of what she ends up with yeah. over and over again. It's like so that's all their mistakes before they met each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I to an extreme extent, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Mo didn't go off like on a a death wish, like I don't know. Heck, <laughs> like maybe so- spiritual journey away. Also from true. Everybody. Oh, I was just thinking maybe all that's actually a was a metaphor for what chloe was doing in her real life and them trying to get through to her <laughs> oh like, no stop dating that awful paul boy <laughs> oh my god well once you said death wish i was like oh she did date that guy who did that awful awful stuff <laughs> oh <my> god um <laughs> on top with division. him during this right yeah she was she stuck through him during his like awful awful controversy which Oh man! Well, they like, they were like on and off. They got a pig yeah. together too. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. They were. It was a weird time in her life. Um, she recently did like I don't know what it was. It was some like home and garden thing where she like gave a tour of her house, and um, her closet is absolutely ridiculous, by the way. But that's what happens when you have millions of dollars from working on a TV show for like seven years. Um, but she has. It was really cute. She like had this like one of a kind antique um chandelier from France that had daisies on it. <laughs> it was really cute. She like has all these little things around her house that like are, you know, homage to like Shield and her characters that she's played. I was like, that's I, really cute. I, I do like that and just like Colson, like how he came from the movies and was on 
both this show and uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon as Coulson. Yeah. Not like that's something that's kind of cool that like Daisy's clearly something special to Chloe. And even though Shield is ending, I don't think there's stuff like on the docket, you know, not for years and years because it's not a full series, but the series of animated uh, direct to uh, streaming like specials they do now. Mm-hmm. She's she's still the voice of uh of daisy and quake and yeah. uh, marvel rising so it's like she's gonna keep doing the cartoon at least for a couple of years after that and i think that's kind of cool like she's she is daisy when she's not in a comic book anymore and that's that's pretty neat yeah i like that i like that a lot um all right we should probably continue <laughs> hey <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm impressed because that yeah. was a lot of diversity. <laughs> all on topic like, that's yeah, all directly from and about to, shield yeah. <laughs> very true um okay so we go to the prison and okay this scene is very interesting so may and colson go through the metal detector and there's this like emphasis on may going through the metal detector and she colson kind of like the way i mean colson's looking at her but he's not like suspicious like he's just he's trying to talk to her about like when she died and like what she saw and her experience and she's like i don't want to talk about this right now but just that scene of her like walking through the metal detector i'm pretty you know how we had a discussion i don't know if it was last episode or the episode before about whether may has body has already been switched i think it has i think so too but i'm because not 100% sure but i believe you're right I don't I don't think that they would put an emphasis on that if she hadn't been switched. You know what I mean? I do. And so, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like, are they made of metal? I don't remember. <laughs> but I do think that either either way, even if they're made of BS polymers or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I do think that that this was there was a that that was they drew attention to that so that afterward in, in retrospect will be like, Oh snap. Yeah. It's she just funny. Terminator inside or whatever. I know. Well, it's just funny. Cause this is my first time rewatching this. And so now yeah, I'm, same. I'm looking at all this for, through a different lens. Cause we know what's going to happen. So I'm like, Oh, like that was an interesting, like focus. <laughs> so I wanted to point that out. Um, but yeah, Colson's trying to talk to her about like, what'd you see when you died? Like my death experience was pretty traumatic. She's like, well, it was no Tahiti. <laughs> And uh, she's like, yeah, he's like, well, all of my memories of being dead, which is like a weird thing to say, um, <laughs> were taken from me and, and something else was implanted. So I have no memory of what happened or what I saw. And anyway, so they get led into the warden's office. May's kind of looking around and she sees some like suspicious things happening. Um, and it turns out the warden and some of the guards have been touched by the ghosts. And so he busts out a shotgun and they like, you know, turn the desk over and they're trying to defend themselves. And they, they take down the warden and Colson busts out his arm shield to protect himself from the other guard who sees him as a ghost or as a, a I don't know, demon demon <laughs> demon filter um and it seems like the entire prison has been affected so all the guards are like going nuts and so they lock themselves in the office and they're just like okay um we could use some backup um and they can see um lucy and uh, her ghost friends on surveillance like walking through some of the cell blocks and so they're like okay like they're trying to find eli morrow like you know we need some help and so daisy and mac um are and and robbie and a bunch of other teammates are going to go into the prison daisy and her team are going to go extract um colson and may and mac and robbie are going to go get eli Um, but mac is super hesitant about eli go or about (laughs) robbie going he's like look 
I don't know if you can control that thing, but if it's based off of like whether, you know, people are bad or have done bad things, like we're going into a prison. Like, are you going to be able to keep this in check? And Robbie's like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. I can do it. Um, <laughs> oh, were you going to say Oh, something? just that uh, Davis is one of the guys. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, which, yay. Um, so anyway, uh, Daisy puts these new bracers on. They're like super chrome and cool. And um, I don't remember who says it. I think it's Mac. He's like, hey, don't use your powers. Like you're going to break every bone in your body. And she's like, oh, you know, like even before I had powers, like I was, I still did pretty okay. Like I was still pretty badass agent, which is very true. Um, but you can tell that their, their relationship is still very tense. Mac is like not, he is not joking around and bantering with her like he normally would <laughs> like it's yeah just like I, I think that you know he's still they're so close but there's like that there's like this i don't know it's not punishment but it's, he's he's hurt you know and yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like they both do such a good job with that that relationship and but both the actors and the way the characters are written and like it does it feels very authentic and very real because they have yeah. become like brothers and sisters and we've seen when she was under the influence of hive i think last season he really really hurt her and then she ran away like there was no real uh, there's never really been a resolution from that and i feel like he probably carries some of that with her like this girl who to him is like a sister and who i think absolutely sees him as a brother the last time they had a real conversation before she ran away she said he was an awful brother (laughs) well no because when she came back after she wasn't under the influence have anymore they had their little like hug it out oh moment yeah, but that was, was really still... brief right because yeah. she was still like jonesing too and weird oh, she, oh and she was super depressed too and then after after that they didn't have any interaction i'm pretty sure like she no, was... i think i think you're right i i i'd forgotten that they had brief reconcil- yeah. reconciliation where he basically forgave her for everything yeah, and gave was, her a big she hug. hadn't forgiven herself at that point yeah well, i mean so, she still hasn't so <laughs> right it, well, but i think i think that then running away hurt yeah. all of them but i think oh, yeah. pr- and probably Coulson and him the most, yeah. just because they're how close they are. Gemma, I don't know. Gemma too. Like, yeah. I don't know. May they're all they all have a different relationship with her. Important. They maybe. do, and and they're all close. But I feel like it feels Mac like Mac is like well, Mac and Coulson feel like they have just less going on, and maybe especially like personally, what, 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 like I guess that's true because they both have their romantic relationships, but they, but their other friendships aren't as close. Like especially. It became, I think part of that's because of circumstances and shit. Yeah. Like, 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 I think the reason why to me it seems like Gemma wasn't hit as hard is because she has all her shit to deal with. And I think that's the yeah. same reason why maybe Mac would be hit more is because, like, his other best friend is Fitz at this point, and mm-hmm. and he's caught up in some seriously weird shit, and yeah. and and he is trying to deal with his feelings for you know Elena and not being around her and yeah also and, um colson and mac are kind of partners now because colson's back to being a shield agent yeah so which I guess is them, an interesting dynamic like yeah <laughs> they can wallow in their daisy guilt and <laughs> i should have protected her no yeah, i their, should have their dad big brother overbearing <laughs> overbearing friend oh, uh vibe that's funny i do um, love their family their weird family dynamic it's so cute. I love it so much. Um, so Fitz has um brought the antidote for the ghost 
virus. And apparently, so he's like, explain, they're, they're in the um, containment module, like getting ready to go. And Fitz is like, oh, you know, I brought it, like, here's, a, you know, a bunch of cases of it just in case. And one of the, I, th- I don't know if it's Davis or somebody else, they're like, oh, is it like an EpiPen? He's like, um, yes and no. So you have to inject it directly into the brain stem. And then Mac is like, I don't like needles. And Fitz is like, well, this isn't a needle. And then he pops the thing out. And it's like prongs, like three prongs, like giant ass things that obviously like grab onto like some part of like your nervous system and so it's like even more brutal and mac is like oh hell no and then the doors close and the pod drops so he doesn't even have a chance to like react but it was so good it was such a good scene <laughs> no and again uh, another good use of their special effects the pod dropping was, oh yeah like yeah. like when it when it was like seeing it almost go like to a bird's eye view and then land like mm-hmm. the, the way it looked uh felt like something out of like star trek to me because like the cleanness of it and it reminded yeah. me of an old Marvel thing, like the whole, the, the pot always has reminded me of uh, the way the Fantastic Four's vehicle of choice uh, in the comics, the way it has looked off and on for years. Sometimes it's like this really elaborate, almost like, uh, looks like, th- like this also like Star Trek, like the Enterprise shape, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like where it's got a cockpit, if it's open, like, like a convertible, <laughs> like a yeah, one person yeah. cockpit. And then a, a, a piece behind it where another member sat and then two things on each side of the back. So like almost like a T shape. Uh, but but traditionally, what has been called the Fantasticar hyphenated. Oh, my God. Was just a giant series of interconnected bathtubs, essentially. It was like a four person oh. bathtub where they each it's like there are two half circles on each side and then two rectangles in the middle, if that makes any sense. Wow. Like they were like it is preposterous looking. But this thing, because the way it just kind of like is a box that flies, yeah. <laughs> like, like it kind of reminds me of it. Yeah, in a, it's like super simple. Like, yeah. Uh, so I, I wonder if they're if they weren't inspired on some level by. I mean, it's possible. The ridiculous, fantastic car. True, uh, and Jeff Jeff Loeb. I can I can never forget that Jeff Loeb is involved. He's written hundreds and hundreds of crazy crazy nerdy comics himself. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Um, so they take this pod down and they're like, where is everybody? Because the, the campus is like freaking deserted. And um, they're like, all right, let's do this. Uh, so Simmons is back at the base getting her lie detector test. And uh, the dude is like, oh, have you ever been a member of Hydra? And she's like, yes. And we know the story, obviously. So she explains, like, I was undercover. And then he asks if he, she's ever been given information that she needed to report to her superiors. And she's like kind of stalling and he's like is there a problem she's like well that's a very general question and then director mace walks in he's like i need to speak with you and he seems really upset (laughs) oh no we find out he's not but anyway um so back at the prison mac and robbie are walking through one of the cell i don't know why cell blocks cell way cell walkway whatever one of the cell blocks and robbie seems like he's having trouble he's like looking at all these inmates and he stops at a cell and it's like one of the guy the guy that's in the cell was like part of the gang that like shot his brother and him and we find that out later but mac stops him before the ghostwriter shows up and he's like he's like hey keep it together (laughs) and um apparently lucy and her friends um I what the hell was I thinking when I was taking these notes? Apparently the ghosts don't know where Lucy and friends are. Lucy and friends are the ghosts. Apparently Lucy and friends don't know where Eli is. So they're just wandering around the prison. So at least they have the advantage of knowing where Eli is locked up. So they might be able to get to him before they do. Um, 
So Daisy goes with her team and extracts May and Coulson, um, and they give the antidote to the warden and a bunch of the other guards before they leave um, because they need their help controlling the prison. And Coulson looks at Daisy as they're leaving. He just has this big grin on his face. He's just like so happy she's there. And she kind of just looks at him with like a blank look on her face. But he's clearly like, he's like, yay, the the family's back together, at least for a moment. Um, and uh, they walk, They, uh, uh, the three of them, Coulson, Daisy, and May, walk through another cell block, and they notice that all the inmates have watchdog tattoos. And Daisy's like, this is where they've been getting them. They've been, like, recruiting them from prison. Um, and Lucy shows up on the other side of one of the doors and opens up all the cell doors. And so they're fucked because uh, everybody walks out and is like, beat down time. Um and Coulson's like, Fitz, please open the door. Please get us out of here. He's like, I can't. It'll open all of the doors. And he's like, just do it. And so all, all of the doors open uh, and they run away. What are you saying? Is that the? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sending the ridiculous, like, ridiculous looking images of the uh, the fantastic car. The first one is it's so insane. Oh my god please you have to post this on the look oh. at his stretchy freaking arms like dry like oh my god this is ridiculous oh he's backseat driving literally yeah yeah i need to turn off my notifications because that made a noise oh no uh, i didn't he- i didn't hear it i didn't it, it didn't seem to get picked up I, but i definitely am sorry for the distraction <laughs> no no i was like wait what where is that coming from <laughs> i was like pending these- okay <laughs> please that's okay for a that's- second i was worried about the recording it's in yeah. a separate window and i was like yeah. oh did i close something and i see and i saw it and i'm like oh thank goodness <laughs> um that uh the the fantastic car kind of reminds me of like a star wars speeder as well like uh, yeah the front oh, no, of it for maybe sure. like the front part maybe not the back but that's like no, the first thing i thought of when i saw it no it, it does it feels like there's just one kind of stuck on front of the back half of like one of those toy j- like a fisher price jet Maybe, you know, yeah, <laughs> with like the side car. This is very strange. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack Kirby's a genius. I love uh, it. That's the, that's the upgrade from the bathtub that's on the bottom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's. Yeah, that's aerodynamic and useful, right? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry for that. Distraction. Right. Um, I uh, where was I? Oh, Colson. Oh, yeah, Colson, May, and Daisy run away because everybody's running after them. Um, meanwhile, back at the playground, Mace is like, can I trust you, Simmons? And he sounds very serious, and she's like, of course you can trust me. He's like, good, because I need your help. And he's all like, Wait. <laughs> <laughs> a total change of tone. And apparently, <laughs> um, he's about to do like a debate on like a cable news network with Senator Nadir, um, who, if you remember, is uh, one of the anti-inhuman people in the government, um, and she's becoming a problem. So he needs like hard facts. He needs science and stuff about the inhumans. And she's like, "Okay, well, I can, you know, make a PowerPoint presentation." She's like, "He's like, oh no, no, I need what you are thinking in my brain." So he gives her calm. So she's going to be talking to him like while he's like doing this debate, and it starts in fifteen minutes. So here we go. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Mac and Robbie are um, kind of talking about the rider, and uh, Mac's like, you're clearly having trouble. Like, I won't hesitate to shoot you if he comes out. And Robbie's like, look, my uncle can't know what I am, so I'll keep it at bay. Like, we're good. And then the ghosts show up, and Robbie grabs a chain, and he wraps the chain around the ghost and, like, cuts him in half and burns him. And Mac says, ghost busted, which I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, big eye roll. Um 
And then a ghost walks through Mac and he like tries to go after it. He throws his uh, shotgun axe at him and it just like kind of goes right through him. I um, mean, he's not doing too great. And then Robbie shows up, of course, and he burns the ghost. And Mac is like, well, unless your face normally looks like that. I'm pretty sure I'm infected. So he has to use the antidote and he's like, has to use the freaking crazy like EpiPen thing. And he's not happy. Um, back at the playground, Mace is having this debate with Senator Nadir. And um, there's a line uh, that the moderators has. Like, he's a patriot, which I was like, oh, like, look at look at that reference to what's coming. Um, and they talk about they talk about like what happened in Vienna, like, uh, you know, when they were signing this Sokovia record. Sokovia Accords um, and Simmons is feeding in him info and she's like giving him all these like very straightforward like t- statistics and like um, facts and he just kind of makes it his own like he's very he's very much the politician um, and Senator Nadir mentions that there's this whole prison situation going on and he's clearly not informed he's like we can't comment on ongoing operations and blah, blah, blah. but he still does the politician thing he's very good and he kind of like you know lays it to rest which is very interesting. Um, meanwhile, Daisy Colson and May lock themselves in the cafeteria and they have to run all the way to the other side of the cafeteria. Meanwhile, the <laughs> to, to get to a different cell block. And of course, the watchdogs bust through the door. So she Daisy shoves Colson and May through the door and knocks the doorknob off and decides to take all of them on. She's like, go without me. And she doesn't use powers and she's kicking ass. But also, when I when this happened, like if you knock the doorknob off, doesn't that mean the doorknob falls off on the other side and you can just push the door open? It, it depends, I think, <laughs> on the locking mechanism. As I've been in situations <laughs> where uh, people have been, when I, uh, being the third of, of three stupid boys <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my childhood home, there was a situation, uh, I think maybe just once, where someone was locked in a room <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> And ended up un- because they were upset. I believe this. I believe this was not me. Was our middle brother that we were torturing? It could have actually been me, though. I'm not. I can't recall. But had a, <laughs> a screwdriver in the room that they were locked in, and then took the doorknob off, and then found themselves in an even worse situation. <laughs> they were still locked, and they just didn't know what the fuck to do because they oh, were a no. child who just broken their doorknob. It was okay. I guess you're right. Then that's really funny. Well, but I, I do think that I, I know that I've seen. The same th- situation you described, though, I, th- I believe in real life, like with with uh, a broken door, a door situation where it's just been pushed through like, exactly as you say. So I'm like, I think it depends on the locking mechanism. I would hope that a prison would have sophisticated yeah. locking mechanism. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, that's probably valid. But I was like, uh, well, when I take my doorknobs off, the door just has a hole in it and I just I can just push it open. <laughs> but I think that, that for a lot, for, for, for most basic like latching, like. Yeah, like yeah, household yeah. door situation. <laughs> I do sense. think I think that's correct. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, I know nothing about doorknobs. Um, clearly, I'm not an expert. Not that I, not that I ever wanted to or care to. Yeah, you're you're not an expert. <laughs> uh, I, I you're, much, you're more of, you're more of a doorknob expert than I am. Apparently, yeah. I, I'm I'm a I'm an amateur door enthusiast. Oh my god! <laughs> I know that the t- top part of a door is called a lintel. Part that, oh, I didn't know that. Above, the part above a door frame. Wow. Uh, that's about all though <laughs> that's, that's that's the limit of my knowledge very very <laughs> fancy <laughs> you, you know two more things than i do of course <laughs> all right anyway um robbie and mac find eli in his cell and mac tells eli about the ghost situation he's like because he's like 
Robbie, why are you here? You're caught up with shield. Like, no, this isn't good. And Mac is like, well, you know, your friends, they're ghosts and they can walk through walls. So we got to get out of here. And they <laughs> want the dark hold. And he kind of gets this look on his face when Mac mentions the dark hold. And he's like, okay, let's go. So they leave. Um, meanwhile, Daisy is still in the cafeteria kicking ass, but she's eventually starting to not do well. She loses one of her gauntlets. She's getting the shit beat out of her. Um, it, it's just, you know, she dumb, dumb ass Daisy. Like with what there were like, what, 15 guys, 20 guys. She's holding her own, but still, um, uh, Senator Nadir is still debating with Mace and Gem is still feeding him answers and the, mo- and, and, um, you know, Mace is talking about how, like, you know, inhumans are no different than us. Like, you know, even during the blackout situations, like, more inhumans die than than humans. Like, we're trying to protect everybody. And I forget what Nadir says, but the moderator suggests that she's using, like, xenophobic language. And then Nadir is like, look, I'm not saying, like, you know, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm just saying that, like, I don't know if Mace is the man for the job. And he's like, well... He takes out his comms and because oh, he's so offended. He's really offended. Yeah. Um, because he's trying to prove himself. Like he has a complex too. Like he knows Colson should be the director, but Colson stepped down. Well, and um, as we've talked about in previous uh spoilery discussion, because we don't have a spoiler section anymore, uh, <laughs> that he is fake. Yes, like, yeah. Like, and as that comes up immediately in, oh, in, in this, this episode, episode I'll yeah. Ref- I'll refer to the third way he's fake, but the first is he's he he has a uh, what do you call it? imposter syndrome because he has uh, Colson's job, like you just said. And the second one that we know of is he's not real and human. He's about to yeah. say, "I'm an inhuman." And yeah, blah, blah blah, and that's BS. And then the third thing, Gemma will call him on. Oh <laughs> we'll, yeah, we can talk about that. yeah um but yeah so he's like i am you know the perfect person for this job because i'm inhuman and everyone goes nuts like what well Um, and first he's like because i believe in this job i believe in what shield's doing and part of that job is is you know protecting inhumans and i am one yeah and it's it's personal (laughs) yeah he's like it's like and after my terrogenesis it became personal blah blah blah. (laughs) and it's like it was so frustrating i keep thinking of like a Rachel Dolezal situation. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if like at the end of the day, it's like, turns out Harvey milk is like, Oh no, I like gay guys, but no, I got a wife and kids. Super. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, as a fake guy. <laughs> like it'd be insane. I <laughs> like know. it would, that would definitely damage the movement. Yeah. <laughs> and or it's if, hard. Like, Cause like it is, it's just white privilege, asshole, save your shit. Like he's like, you got to think in his mind. He's like, yes, I'm Tom Cruise from uh, <laughs> from The Last Samurai slash uh, uh, what's oh, his face no. uh, from uh, Dancing with Wolves, Kevin Costner. <laughs> like, I am. Oh, I'm no. I'm the, the white savior. Finally, thank you. Like I can save inhumans yeah. from themselves or whatever. Like, but and you know, like the character is well intentioned, but it's like, how can he not see that when this blows up in his face, as it will undoubtedly do, it is not going to be good for them. <laughs> like, no. No, not at all. Um, and it's funny because Gemma's at first Gemma looks kind of like, wow. And then you see this look on her face like, huh? Mm, yeah, <laughs> she's reading. She's reading into it. 
Yeah, um, which we'll come back to in a minute because um, that that scene is very very. Is it the, is it the stinger for the whole episode? Is that I think so. It's like, I think it's close to the end. Um, so um, Fitz, meanwhile, is leading Coulson and May to um, another way back into the cafeteria because they need to go save Daisy. So he takes them to a garbage chute, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, great!" And so they're like getting into these like dumpsters, getting ready to go up the garbage chute. And Coulson asks May again what she saw when she died, and she's like, "Really? You want to ask me right now?" And she gives in she's like fine i'll tell you i saw you are you like don't let it go to your head and colson's just and she starts going up the shoot and colson's just standing there staring at her like what <laughs> like you saw me it's the beginning of philinda uh official philinda it's always been there um oh, for sure <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile or no so they get up into the cafeteria and daisy is like about to get the sh you know her choked to death and may comes just in time and knocks the dude out of the way and everybody's okay and you know colson ices a bunch of them and they're all down and um she's like you guys weren't supposed to come after me because she has a death wish and they're like dude that's what we do we save each other come on let's go <laughs> like stop being emo um and Lucy found Eli's cell, but he is not there and she's mad. <laughs> um, Robbie um, is walking with Eli and Mac. Um, and then uh, Eli, or Robbie kind of is having a hard time keeping the, the ghostwriter at bay because there's all these dudes here. And um, <laughs> uh, so Mac has to leave for some reason. Oh, uh, Mac stays behind to help some guards because they were trapped in like a burning office, which I don't understand why it's burning. Like, how did it catch on fire? And like, why are they locked in there? That was weird. So anyway, he's like, oh, you guys keep going. And so Rob they're walking through the, the cell block and Robbie tells Eli, he's like, go, go on without me. I have one more thing I need to take care of. And so he goes up to the guy that he was talking to before and we find out that, or we find, you know, I, we talked about before, he was part of the gang that um, did the drive-by shooting that paralyzed Gabe, his brother. Um, and the guy's like, well, yeah, he's like, uh, but I was in prison the whole time. I hadn't, I, did, I wasn't part of that, that, that job. And, and Robbie's like, it was a job. It was a hit job. And Robbie asks who ordered it. And he's like, I don't know, because after that happened, everyone in the gang died. <laughs> Everybody was burnt <laughs> to a crisp. Weird. Which, huh? I wonder who did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and Robbie's kind of, Robbie's like, oh shit, like, and he's like, well, there's still one gang member left, and the Ghost Rider comes out, and he burns the dude to death. And then he, this scene is so cool. So the 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 cell is like on fire, like smoking, and all the guys are like standing there, like what? And the Ghost Rider walks out, and everybody immediately runs away and shuts themselves back in their cells. But he looks so fucking cool, just like walking down the cell block hallway like fiery skull and everything also in that scene where his his um his face starts to catch fire and like melts his skin away like he does this like oh his his physical acting is so good he does this like move with his face where he kind of like like he's like un he's like uh, uncomfortable with what's happening but it just ha ha it happens like he has no control <laughs> like um no, he's very very nuanced and very good i i totally agree like in this and the next episode have some really great moments. Like I said, at the beginning of this one, uh, where we're just cool, cool effects with him and different locations and, and in new ways. Maybe he, he shows off, you know, like this, like walking out of the, the flaming room is pretty yeah. cool, but, but it just, 
how, how well he does it, it just bums me out that I know me too. We lost this chance. Like why, why yeah. did like, he's perfect for the role and it was going to happen. Like was in development. They were, they were casting yeah. and scouting locations well, and shit. Like he's just, he really plays this part of being like reluctant to be this, the ghostwriter, but he know he is like so consumed by revenge that he lets it happen anyway. And so like every time he turns into the ghostwriter, like he has this moment of like, you know, there's some part of him that's like fighting it. Like he's like, uh, I don't really want this, but I want this. <laughs> like, it's like it's, I am- he has like such conflict over like what's what he's what's happening to him. And it's very it's so good. I, t- I totally agree. And it makes me like realize it's what sucks the most about the Ghost Rider movie. I know. It's like, because those are fun and they are. I enjoy them yeah. for the same reason on some level that I enjoyed uh, over over Christmas. I watched both National Treasures with my niece and nephew. Oh my God. The first one my niece insisted on, the second one my nephew did. And I didn't think she was going to go for it. It was like early in the morning. And I was like, I'll watch anything you want, you pick. And he picked that. He picked the second yeah, one because we watched God. the previous one that night before. You're like, cool, and, great. So, so I asked my, my niece, like sarcastically, I woke her up because she'd slept in a while. And I'm like, hey, you want to watch National Treasure 2? And she's like, give me five minutes. And I was like, holy shit. I don't know if she's just half asleep or or, or, or like <laughs> is punishing herself for not doing good at Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Some sort of weird self-flagellation, but I enjoy them like on the same level, like because Nicolas Cage at this point is different kinds of insane. And especially on the second one, there's one scene where he's freaking out. I think they're in London and he's doing like full on Nick Cage, like throwing his (laughs) arms up and screaming. And I'm like, how the fuck did they sneak this one into a Disney movie? Like like that, this, there was no take of this scene that was usable. Like they had to use this, (laughs) but, 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 they're enjoyable, but they're enjoyable like in the way that a bad horror movie or a bad comedy or a bad action movie is enjoyable mm-hmm. because you laugh and you you enjoy the production quality and you enjoy all the really doing an earnest job, but you watch to see the crazy guy be crazy. Yeah. And Ghost Rider, both both uh, Johnny uh, Blaze and Robbie, they have pathos. They have yeah. interesting character shit going on and conflict. And we could have gotten that not even with a different actor, just with an earlier version of Nicolas Cage in yeah, his yeah. career. Like, like, like I was in Leaving Las Vegas. Like he used to be really nuanced and good. Like yeah. he, he won an Academy Award not randomly. Like some yeah. some people who win. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> drag anyone's name through the mud, but you look at the list and occasionally every once in a while you're like, I don't know why that happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, no that year. But like yeah, but but like this is just as good as those kinds of performances. I think that we've gotten on a superhero show. Like this mm-hmm. is like Netflix or or whatever, like you know Amazon Prime or whatever. Uh, like short of of Watchmen, I think he's up there. You know, he's up there with yeah. all the rest and of of our non Watchmen comic book properties. And I, I, it's just a real shame that we're not going to get that because we almost got it and everybody yeah. deserves it. Like especially well, and it's. It's especially, oh yeah it's especially a shame too because like he that he's essentially been in five episodes like he hasn't even had a chance to really like 
get comfortable and like feel at home with this character like so many of the other actors on the show have at this point and he's still like knocking it out of the park it just is a testament to his talent and so like can you imagine like how like what kind of nuance and like like amazing acting and just like the performance and like complexity of Robbie Reyes that he could have brought to a TV show with like multiple seasons. It just yeah, like, or with like 10 or 13 episodes of uh, one season on Hulu yes, would have yeah. been so much and focus on him where he doesn't have to share the screen with three other plots for the first half of his third, because yeah. it is the first half or the first part. Like that's a real shame. Oh, and b- before I forget, um, I know we're almost done with the episode, but Jose Zuniga who uh, plays Eli, Mm-hmm. He is one of our multiple comic book guys and multiple uh, comic book universe guys because he also uh, played Detective Weiss in an episode of NBC's Constantine. Okay, I believe. Oh no, that was the. Uh, wait, no, that is right because Hellblazer was the movie. I was I, I couldn't remember which one was the Keanu Reeves movie and which one was the show because they're both based <laughs> on the yeah. character John Constantine. Yeah, yeah. It's called Hellblazer or it's comics blazer so so with the first movie or the movie and uh he's i believe based on david bowie i think no no, no, no. he's based on sting that's right he's supposed to look like sting yeah yeah <laughs> which is weird but, but uh billy but, really likes constantine so i've actually watched a lot and read a lot of constantine oddly enough I, i've uh <laughs> i've read I, I i haven't seen the movie i've heard like action movie podcasts, but it's actually like a lot better than people give it credit for. Oh, yeah. I think comic good. fans gave it a hard time because he's supposed to be Sting and British, <laughs> you know, or Welsh or whatever. He's like, not supposed to be Keanu Reeves, yeah. but Keanu Reeves but is Keanu really Reeves. good. <laughs> like, 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 he's really good in everything. Some level, I love the guy. Like, I know I'm I'm one of those people who can give a hard time for acting as well, but like at the same time, he. he- he has a very specific persona that he's good at playing and he does it very well. And so he is cast in these roles where he is that persona and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think he has got more range than it, but oh yeah, the character you, who's a fish out of water, who doesn't quite know what's going on, but is really that's, to what's he going does, on. He excels at that. <laughs> he's so good at it. Like, like you could, it could be from point break to Bill and Ted, <laughs> you know, through, <laughs> As long as he's utterly confused. I feel yeah. like if you just the didn't Matrix, give him a script. Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you just didn't give him a script and just had him do it, I feel like he'd do pretty great just yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> have you seen Always Be My Maybe, the L.A. Wong oh, um, You know, that's one of the one, on one things I, I that I really meant to watch this last year but never got around to. I, I, I need to make a point. I need to write, write down to watch that one. Yeah, I know I've heard some someone I forget one of the uh, comedy podcasts I listened to. They brought it up because like someone on it was friends with Ali Wong. Like it's really good. Have you seen it yet? They're like I've only seen scenes with Keanu Reeves. The gifts that are like everywhere. I think they said they'd actually seen all the scenes though. Like because I guess either someone they work with showed it to them or they're their uh, partner but it just cracked me up it's like no i've only seen the parts with keanu reeves i haven't seen the rest of the actual movie yeah the rest of the movie is okay it's like a typical <laughs> like rom-com like i like la randall park is great in it he's like you know they're they're great they're usually pretty great uh, the plot is like so so but keanu reeves comes in and it's just like the most like out there ridiculous version of like a method actor like 
there's this part where they go they, so they go to this fancy restaurant and um it's like a I don't they like have everyone put headphones on and they're like listening to like one of the dishes like they're listening to the animal dying or like oh, make, make noises so that they're eating and so he's like crying and he looks up and he's like I'm sorry <laughs> he's eating this food and then oh, yeah. um, i definitely have to check like, and, then, and then him and randall park's character like get into a fight because randall park is in love with ali wong and she's like dating keanu reeves at this point and they get into a fight and he's like um he's like i want you to strike me and he's like who talks like that it's totally <laughs> is he, like is how? he playing keanu reeves He's playing Keanu Reeves that's playing like a ridiculous version after right. version of Ke- like all the parts that Keanu I, usually plays. I have to really see this. <laughs> I have to see this. It, it, my last minor digression directly from this it reminds me, have you seen um, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of of their version of James Vanderby. Yes. <laughs> it was like just like over the top yeah (laughs) and the best part of that whole show was when he's having his identity crisis and his his assistant's like i'll get the only person he'll listen to and he calls mark paul gosseler (laughs) because he's the only person that james vanderbeek will listen to and i I can't help but think it's like the only connection they have is teen idol and three names (laughs) and it's like and that's so like, like the three initials like, so weird so, so weird. weird but i i know i i all like most people i find that i that i talk to uh everybody loves keanu reeves i i'm one of those mm-hmm. p- humans uh but i i i tend to like celebrities like infinitely more when they have really great senses of humor like that yeah. about themselves <laughs> so i feel like i'm just gonna like him even more and i, I definitely have oh, to yeah. check it out you need yeah. to watch it it's and, and the um uh the uh, Randall Parks character is in like a band and the the songs are on Spotify and they're great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You'll enjoy it because there's I don't know, there's a lot of good moments. Well, and directly uh, related to this podcast, like <laughs> as weird as as uh it is that people love comic book stuff now and it's so everywhere and, and and ubiquitous i have to say it's stranger as a kid who was so little when phil and ted came out but it was formative like because that was shot in my hometown in, in phoenix like yeah in their landmarks that were in my neighborhood like the water park and the mall that i went to like it, it was super important to me for a, a lot of stupid reasons and now and it was popular but it was also like kind of weird called yeah it was quite like, stoner movie a, a, a children's stoner movie about time we knew, travel we knew it as a stoner movie growing e- up yeah even though they even though it's not on screen it's pretty clear but <laughs> everything with keanu reeves back then was <laughs> even him in parenthood it's like yeah they don't show it on screen but you know he's smoking pot it's keanu reeves <laughs> but but uh i feel like that's weirder that everybody loves keanu reeves now that like people are psyched for bill and uh, bill and ted three <laughs> like i'm like this is awesome like, like that's even more surreal than comic books being the most popular thing in the world because everyone i know loves keanu yeah. like everybody's grandma i know loves keanu i know he's just like the he's, best human being <laughs> he really is sorry for the multiple digressions but it got us somewhere good to keanu reeves is the best i love him um where oh we just described this went from ghostwriter looks really cool to keanu reeves best human being so that's that's where that went um so so everybody like shows up outside and they're like okay we're all here hey where's eli and then rob and he's like he was supposed to be here and then he just is like fuck 
Um, and apparently Lucy found Eli and she's like forcing him into the back of an ambulance and is like, if you don't go, I will wreck your mind or whatever. So she, you know, is going to use him to read the book. Um, and Simmons goes to see Mace after his debate and he's like, you know, I forget what he says, but basically he wants her to redo her lie detector test. And she's like, you know, I don't know if that would be a good idea because he might ask me how I felt about what you said today. And um, I don't know if I can I don't I don't know if you're going to like the results, because basically she calls him out on knowing that he was lying about his story, whether that was the hero story or the inhuman story. It's well, not she, specified. She but mentioned I'm, Vienna. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm pretty the, sure she knows about Vienna. Yeah, but to me, that's interesting. That it, I I can't help but wonder if she didn't pick up on the lie about the Inhuman because she assumed that the lie was just about the Vienna part. Yeah. Like because it started with that. Because yeah. we know that he was actually cowardly and running. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it happened <laughs> yes. to look like he saved the lady. Yeah. It worked out great. Um. But yeah. So oh, she man. like. That's, Oh, and that's so, like terrifying. I could totally imagine being in that situation. Like, as he's like, I don't know which do, one you think I'm lying about. So well, it's just someone who tries to do good. And I think like both of us are people who in general will try to do good. But it's like if you're in a situation where like suddenly a whirlwind goes by, you ran for your life and suddenly people are like, you saved this woman. Like I could understand. I could just be like going see, with it. Yeah. Well, like not even I could, like with all that trauma, I could see a reasonable human who's not like an opportunist or an asshole, not even like consciously going with it, just not having time or the facilities to dispute it, being like, I don't understand what's happening. And all of a sudden, you know, like yeah. people are writing about you in you know, in articles or whatever. It's faster than going on in a newspaper, it's instantaneous. That's true. Like That's it's true. it's interesting to think like about how it's sort of in that sort of fantastic situation, how it's sort of plausible that someone like Mace, who I don't think is we're supposed to hate or think is an awful person how he is like corruptible or how he got into this this mess yeah. <laughs> way because i don't think yeah. he's not it doesn't seem well, like the, he, the thing is it's like vienna it's a mess and he like just you know it's lying by omission essentially yes, but the it's, inhuman it's thing up. the inhuman thing totally like straight out lying like oh no, and that's <laughs> really messed up but i feel um, like both of them seem sort of like maybe like it was outside connected. forces when like they yeah, like the government is what made him do this like yeah. hey we have a poster boy who can replace steve yeah, rogers didn't, if isn't the we president like a part of that i think the president that, told him to do all this stuff i like, think you're told right him to take credit yeah. and told him to be him being inhuman or fake yeah. being inhuman and like again if he is like a good patriot like the like quote unquote ha 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 it's yeah it's funny or whatever but it's also true or, uh, like, he's doing what he needs to do for his country yeah and it's again it doesn't really yeah. justify it but i think maybe maybe it explains it yeah that's true but anyway so she maneuvers herself out of future uh <laughs> lie detector testing and he it's funny because mace is just staring at her like and he's like Gemma simmons no longer has to do these lie detector tests and then just walks away <laughs> she walks out in the hallway and is like just smiling to herself like ha, 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 I yeah like a, like a lex luthery or like a nefarious like thwarted but he's just like okay <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the end of it it's you, like, you okay. got me yep there's no there's no resentment i thought because- i thought it was weird because the dude is standing in the hallway so it's like did he not just hear this conversation like yeah, now she doesn't he suspect something about the director like- yeah because not only did she blackmail him but she also just gave the lie detector test guy a blackmail <laughs> like, like free, free license to blackmail him like, I, I don't know what this is you don't want me asking you the same question. <laughs> like, no, but it would be bad. Like, I know. I thought maybe he's just like, I don't know. I don't no, know. <laughs> that's a really, no, that's a really good point. But 
However, if this is his lie detector guy, maybe he know. Maybe he's in on it. I, I, mean, I would think possible. they'd be minimizing the shit though. Right? <laughs> like, would, like, you know, like <laughs> three people turn, know that's enough. <laughs> um, um, but intern Phil, he knows everything. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we go back to uh, the Quinjet. May Daisy is sitting on the Quinjet um, on the floor, being sad, and May comes in, and Daisy's like, "If you're looking for Robbie, he's out hating himself." somewhere else and may says good which <laughs> thank you god bless agent may um and may's like looking at her and she's like you know i invented that move of like pushing everybody away to protect them that's like my move um but it doesn't work because of colson and i started bawling at that line because it's so true she's like he has a big heart and he's never gonna give up on you he's never gonna give up on any of us it's and also Daisy really sad because of what you mentioned before about how is like the first on screen like explicity sort of acknowledgement of Felinda. Yeah. And, and then she says this and then it turns out that she was a robot. <laughs> I know. Fuck you, writers of Shield. God damn it. They love dangling that carrot. It's like uh. it's like now that they finally got Fitz and Timmons together, they're still going to torture us with them. This I season know. even. But before they do that, they're going to fuck with us. <laughs> like they, they, they love doing that. They love twisting that romantic night. Well, and that, that gets brought up like later in the season too because Coulson's like, wait a minute. Like, because <laughs> yeah, don't they like uh, go on a date or something? Or like, do. I think it might be it. the beginning of next season because of how everything shakes out because aren't the three arcs, isn't it the, uh, the like the Darkhold Ghost Rider arc or Ghost Rider and then LMD like invasion, like the robots take over and then, and then after that it's in the framework and they have to bust out? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I, I know it's organized into third. Yeah, but yeah. So and yeah, that's fucked up. I fucking hate that. Thank you for. Yeah, it was. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was Ghost Rider. They, they advertised because they, they had the different logos previously for each season for the first right. three seasons. But this one has three more logos in one. Season. Yeah, so and like, that was like a huge deal. Oh yeah, it was uh the Ghost Rider <laughs> LMD and then. Hydra was the framework. Yep. It ah. coincided with them making Cap Hydra in the comics. Ah. Well, they throw shade in that later. Oh, anyway. it was so good when they do. Yeah. I, I think Gemma might have had the line. It was yeah. really great. They're always Nazis um, or something. I know. So anyway, May is like, you know, you can't push us away because Coulson's never going to give up on you. And Daisy's like, I didn't ask for this. And she's like, look, you don't get to choose who cares about you. And then she like kind of starts to walk away and she's like, Lincoln wouldn't want you to kill yourself over this. Um, and she leaves and Daisy's like, well, after I'm done with this op, I'm going, <laughs> going away. And then she's alone and she starts crying. So it's like, mm, are you really though? You're going to leave your family. I don't think so. Um, uh, meanwhile, Fitz found surveillance of Lucy and Eli leaving in an ambulance. And so they're like, oh, fuck. Now we know where Eli is. They go to this lab in Pasadena. And there's a bunch of, like, sh dead S.H.I.E.L.D. agents on the floor. And there's, like, all this chaos. I don't I, I don't understand what that's about. But anyway, um, she's like, you need to read this because I can't do it. You need to read it for me. And so Eli goes and he reads the Darkhold and he gets put under its spell. Oh, no. But yeah, do you know what the dead dudes on the floor were about? Like, were I there shield agents like guarding the? I don't know. They like, they weren't there. Like that, they weren't part of the team that went there. Like when Fitz and Mac were there, they didn't have extra dudes with them, right? No, I don't remember them being on the screen when they all like come out and they're ready Maybe to go. Maybe they were there guarding the the room. I don't. That's very. It was very weird. It was <laughs> so anyway. weird because, like, I guess they're not. 
they're in the lab in Pasadena. So that's Isodyne. That's what we find out next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember. I think maybe it's explained next episode. Okay, I, well, I, we'll, I vaguely, vaguely remember. We'll put a uh, pin in that. <laughs> See if it's it's explained. Um, but yeah, so Eli has now read the Dark Hold, and it's not going to go well. And the very end scene, Mace gets in this car, and it's with Senator Nadir, and uh, apparently she has footage of Coulson working with Daisy in the prison. She's like, "Oh, do you want this to get out that you're working with like a known fugitive?" And then there's footage of Ghost Rider, and she's like, "We don't know what this is, but we know that he's a mass murderer." Um, and apparently she's going to release this information in two hours to the news networks unless Mace gives her something. So he's like, "What do you want?" No, don't give in. But yeah, Not that's the end. <laughs> good episode, but uh, yeah, lots happened. There's a lot being set up here. Oh, I uh, I found out one thing about Morrow and Robbie's uh, connection because we were talking about it when we recorded a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. uh, about their family connection and how he's related to him. Okay. In in the show, I guess they specify at some point. I don't think it's in the next episode, but through conversation or flashback conversation, uh, they establish that he is his maternal uncle, which would make sense, I guess, different last names. Yeah. In the comics, however, he is his father's brother, which okay. I don't know if he just changed his name or if they have different fathers, which is also possible. But yeah. Uh, All right. <laughs> there you go. So different answers for different genres uh, and uh, or, or mediums and no idea why. Uh, but All right. That's that's about on par with some things. So that's fine. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, no comic connections this time. Uh, I've looked and looked and couldn't find anything explicit uh, that was new to the show. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll get a couple... Uh, ones we mentioned in the past yeah uh, next. next week uh, yeah. a big one for just ghost rider but uh yeah. there's some agent it. carter connections next yes well. you mentioned uh, with isodyne so we'll talk about that yes uh, yeah. a, a vague connection to a character that uh i'll talk more about if we ever do agent carter but it'll be fun to do a brief comic connection on her next yeah. week because it's bonkers like it's couldn't yeah, could, it's one of those it's one of those where it couldn't be more different where it's like yeah. it's like in this show it was a handyman and He's an immortal alien, you know, space god. Or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's almost that that different. All right, that sounds great. Um, all right, let's end here, and yeah. we will continue on with season four. Oh man, it's going to start getting really good. Like, I mean, it's already really good, but it's gonna it is. But it's just going to kick into high gear uh. as this third closes out. And sadly, we lose Robbie for almost two-thirds of the season until he comes yeah. back at the very end but, but, it's, but it's so good when he comes back no, it, it's just like oh it's so good it's <laughs> extremely remember. satisfying like, like, like i feel like it wasn't telegraphed to, like where episodes ahead of it you saw it coming we're like no. oh yeah this is gonna happen but it, it was one of those moments where it all makes sense yeah and it's very satisfying oh no i just remembered that like colson <laughs> takes on the writer and isn't that what ultimately kills him I, it like well, burns out. Like, well, he doesn't die was, yet. He like slowly dies though because of like whatever the writer took away from him when he left him. That right? might be it. Well, because the writer, the writer doesn't just possess him; it possesses him and Mac. 
Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. They take they take turns. Oh, I remember yeah. <laughs> after they did, after it did Colson, I was like, that's fucking insane. And we took Mac. I, 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 Mac is the Ghost Rider in Mac's cool jacket, not as cool as Robbie's for sure, but still cool jacket. Still. And he's holding the fucking uh, like shotgun axe. axe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but, like, I it was about the that. cool. I remember. I, I'm pretty sure I tweeted about that when it happened live. Yeah. And I was like, "What the fuck does that?" Mean? <laughs> <laughs> the coolest, because he is the coolest. It's like the coolest <laughs> combination of things ever: Ghost Rider, Shotgun Axe, and Mac Agent McKenzie. Well, and the one guy, other than Yo Yo, you know, one cast member of Shield who like has to deal with like their faith. Like yes. everyone else is like very cold. Oh. Being like, I don't think the devil's even a thing. I'm friends let, with gods. I'm a scientist Mac, or whatever. Mac let himself get possessed by the devil. Oh my yeah. God. Mac's <laughs> a fucking Catholic and he let himself get <laughs> devil to save Daisy and Coulson and oh, May. Oh, wow. Cause he's that good a fucking guy. I love Mac so much. I do too. I'm so like, excited. That's, to that part I, now. I'm pretty sure that that's when I was like, why the fuck can't he be Captain America? <laughs> well, right? was the first time I was like, because like, why why can't he be like he should be put him in his own show man i'd watch that just call it shotgun (laughs) (laughs) axe have that be the logo for the bring back bobby and hunter it'd be great oh my god it'd be so good and i think they're saving it for a streaming thing or something or moving to hulu i don't know what's going on but uh i know they shot more I'm pretty sure they, they already shot more of uh, Bobby's show, of Adrian Pilecki's show, but it hasn't actually aired in over a year. It's like, or, oh, or, the, or, the, or yeah, um, the Orville. Yeah. And it's like, if, she, if they're not even airing it and it's on Fox and whatnots, which is now owned by them, like, just just let her do it. <laughs> we, want her, we, want, we want her as Mockingbird. I she's, know. She's good. Let it happen. I know. Oh, man. All if right. she was in Hawkeye, I'd freak out. Oh shit! I didn't even think about that. <gasps> I really. Oh wish. my god! I know that they haven't even started filming it. They're they're, they're just doing casting and they're finishing oh casting and stuff for it now. Now I want oh like we don't god. have time to make this happen, but I wish we could somehow exert our will. It's like right? <laughs> like Figgy, if you don't do this, you're a jerk. <laughs> like, we're not those people. We're like we just want you to know you're stupid. <laughs> like you couldn't yeah. have had it all. Her Chloe and Kate, and, her and Kate Bishop could like be buddies and gang up on. Oh, that's on in her plan. first appearances. Uh, the Young Avengers call her Hawkingbird because she's wearing Mockingbird's mask and has Hawkeye's gear. Oh my god, that's so. Oh, oh my god. Okay, <laughs> but before we keep going and freak yeah, out, we can talk about can, Mockingbird forever. <laughs> where can people find you? <laughs> people can find me at I Snow Nothing. They get into it with. Uh, racist X-Men fans lately oh, a couple a couple weeks ago when this will come out <laughs> lovely where can people uh, find you you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess uh, I have another podcast that where I talk about Star Wars called Lousy Beautiful Town um, we just put out our The Rise of Sky well by the time you hear this it'll have been like a month but <laughs> we put out our Rise of Skywalker um reaction episode and then um by the time this comes out our mandalorian reaction episode will have come out as well with um one of our co-network podcasters ash from she used to do the pokemon podcast and now she does uh what am i watching with lizzie so you should definitely support another member of our network and come listen to that and support me and abby um you can find this podcast uh, on Twitter at 
Project Tahiti. You can send us an email, projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the things except for Spotify right now because that's a problem that may or may not be fixed ever. Who knows? I, 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 think, it, I think it will be, but also. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye.